We are here. We have arrived. We have done it. We have gone through the story of Rachel Berry through five seasons of Glee. And we are here today to close it all out, talk about season six, and just kind of some overall thoughts on everything Rachel. Uh, Aman, we are here. Season six. Yay! Yay, yay, yay. Um, yeah. What a, what a character, man. <laughs> she was doing a lot. In the show, which makes sense because she's the main character, but it certainly has been a ride. Um, I feel sort of like how I felt before season six debuted. I sort of feel like, all right, well, what now? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. even though I know what's going to happen. But um, yeah, I, I feel like season six was just such a, a reset for her in so many ways. And she had achieved so many dreams at the end of season five. So it was like, yeah, and we knew at that point that this was going to be the last season. So it was like, what? How is this story going to end if she's already done what she set out to do to begin with? Mm-hmm. So yeah. So I want I wanted to ask you a question. So without even thinking too much about it, very quick answer here. Uh, what would mm-hmm. you say off the top of your head is Rachel's best season and Rachel's worst season of all six? Uh, Rachel's best season, probably season. four. I'm stuck between three and four. I'm stuck between three and four. Floor. Uh, um. Oh, I know you said off the top of my head, but I just, I, I, I'm too analytical for that. Uh, probably. You know, I'll say four. Okay. I'll say four. Her worst season is season. So I feel like I have to say season six. I feel like I, I I feel like it's if it's not season six, it's season one when she's at her yeah. most annoying. Yeah, yeah, but that sets up the basis for the character. So I'm like, is it really the worst, or is she just the most annoying at that point? Season two is pretty bad for her. She's she's really annoying with with everything Finn related there. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like what redeeming moments there are for her there, but there's some just out here. I would just say season song. six, basically. I mean, like. Because if I'm going off of, like, the parameters of the writing, I just feel like, oh, my God, like, this is so crazy to me. But, yeah, if I'm going off of annoyance factor, definitely season one. Okay. Just uh, curious where you, uh, so, you know, were, were on that before we get started here. But let's get started. Let's get into Why? season Why? Well, what about you? Um, I don't know. Uh, I think I probably <laughs> agree um, for the most part with season four being her best season. Uh, season five gets messy, too. Like, uh, the end is too unforgivable. Season five has everything with her and Santana in the middle. Four is where, like, she gets to New York and she, you know, kind of figures the life out that she always dreamed of for herself. So I think four is probably the right call as the best um, and then worst season, I think I got to say it's season one because season six, by the end of it, like, you know, she's, she's going through it and you know, it's the, the transition from five to six that is just so it's like, what is happening here for her? Um, but by the end of things, you know, but I mean, look at the finale where she obviously has her whole life together. So, um, I think overall it's probably gotta be season one is the worst for okay. her. 
Let's talk season six. We've taken up enough of everybody's time with these six parts uh, of this podcast. So appreciate you guys so much. Anybody who is here with us in part six, uh, having gone through all parts one through one through five. Uh, Loser Like Me is the first episode of season six. Obviously, she went to L.A. at the end of season five. And uh, we find out pretty quickly that this TV show that she had going on, total flop. The reviews were terrible. Her publicist lets her know that the show is over. Uh, time for her to go home. And she is pretty shook because, uh, you know, she thought this was going to be it. She left Broadway to come here to L.A. to be on TV. And it was a total flop. Uh, so she's told, you know, do what everybody else does. Blame everybody or blame somebody else and then go home. So she packs up her stuff. She is very promptly sent off of the set. Very emotional. Gets back to Ohio. Her dads uh, don't make it any better. Or one, only one of her dads is there. Uh, uh, who we find out that those two are getting a divorce. They're selling the house. So she's really losing everything all at once. Uh, she ends up meeting up with Blaine at the Lima Bean, who's also back in Ohio for a bit. And they try to lift up each other's spirits for, you know, uh, singing Suddenly Seymour together, take a quick trip to Dalton, just try to put a smile back on Rachel's face. Um, and she ends up back at McKinley. She meets up with Sam there. Uh, Sam is now back in Ohio as well as the new assistant football coach. Uh, and Rachel kind of looks around realizing, oh my God, the arts are not here anymore. We knew this by the middle of season five that the Glee Club was gone, but they are gone, gone. Uh, you know, Sue has taken over, of course, um, or she's been principal. And, uh, you know, Rachel's going to have to go to her and say, there's no Glee Club. Like, there's no, there's nothing like at all. And Sue's like, yeah, that's kind of the point, Rachel. Like, I don't know why you care all of a sudden. Um, but Rachel is going to kind of make it a plan here where maybe she can do something to get the arts back at McKinley in the time between her last project and whatever is going to be her next project. Yeah, uh, it's right back to square one towards the end of this episode. A lot of a lot of uh, losing of everything and having to regain um, some semblance of normalcy for Rachel. And the only normal thing that's in Ohio for her is McKinley and the Glee Club and Mr. Shu, all of which have sort of disappeared. Well, McKinley hasn't disappeared. It's just McKinley as she knew it is gone. Um, and uh, lucky thing that Kurt is right there with her. Lucky thing that Blaine is also there. So she's not entirely alone because I feel like this would have been such a harder task if uh, if both of them were not there. Um, so, yeah, she's, uh, she's really trying to uh, bring this Glee Club back together for the umpteenth time. Uh, Mr. Shu, however, can't assist her in the same way since he now has a job over at Vocal Adrenaline. So it's a lot of, you know, problem solving on her own. And, uh, well, not entirely on her own, but she, she yeah. has to sort of like be the main impetus for this. Yeah. Like all, all of her friends, the support system that you're referencing, everybody tries to, you know, kind of help her out and re remind her that, you know, life isn't over just because you, you know, had one TV show not go your way. They even make her watch it to show her how it wasn't that bad. Yeah, it actually was kind of that bad. So, you know, it's hard to get that uh, message across. But uh, eventually when she goes to uh, to the school board to pitch this idea of restarting the Glee Club, she's like, I will pay for it. Um, I, I will take care of everything. They give her the go ahead to get around Sue and to get this started. Uh, Kurt, of course, like you said, is back and, and the two of them are going to kind of tackle this together. Uh, Sue is not very happy to find out that this is going to be a thing. She vows to make their lives hell, which is nothing new uh, for these two with Sue Sylvester. Um, and w by the end of the episode, she settles into Mr. Sue's old office and Will even stops by to say, look, I never expected you were going to be the one to take over this office, which isn't anything offensive by any means. It was like, 
you were, you know, going to be on Broadway the second you got out of high school and you were. Uh, so it, it didn't really ever make much sense for you to be back here. But since you are, let's, you know, let's see how this goes. Like, you know, best of luck to you. Yep. And uh, she sings Let It Go here, right? Let it go. Let it go. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Determined more than ever to uh, to freeze these bitches. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so, I mean, she got the Glee Club. She has the funding for the Glee Club. Now you just need the members, right? So we move into the homecoming episode where it's recruitment, recruitment, recruitment. And she is doing some recruitment on her own because she brings back all of the alumni, not all the alumni, but most of the alumni come back, the original alumni, to help her get some new members for this Glee Club and show them what singing can be all about. And so uh, they uh, are able to perform for the kids and sing Take On Me and all of this really, really cool, uh, you know, merriment and glee (laughs) to get these kids interested in singing. They make a few... Uh, impressions on a, a couple of people. Um, the uh, Unholy Trinity do a good job by getting the twins interested, the McCarthy twins. But Kitty is not having any of this. Um, they're also like doing a lot of stalking of Roderick. Um, but Rachel kind of scares him off a little bit. Um, but by the end of the episode, Jane makes her way over to McKinley because she can't be um, in the Glee Club at the own academy so blaine is like well you know what my friend has a glee club in mckinley why don't you just go over there I don't so know if that's exactly how it goes uh, blaine, was, blaine was pretty pissed off about that <laughs> <laughs> he was pissed i mean he tried he tried his best to get jane to 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 stay but the warblers just weren't having it and so jane is like well i, I might as well yeah, just i mean go he over literally to- he sends jane into rachel's arms to be like oh like she'll coach you up and then next thing <laughs> you know she's a new direction he's like how dare you it's like you sent her rachel into her didn't arms. poach she did not poach but blaine did sort of like he set it up he yeah. primed it because otherwise she would have no idea that rachel was over there like right, right. Like, as far as they know rachel's just like <laughs> in recluse somewhere after failing miserably in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they do get introduced and Rachel does give her some pointers for the Warble audition that ultimately fails. So she comes back to McKinley. Yeah, and, and all the while, uh, her and Kurt have not quite figured out this dynamic between the two of them. Um, so, you know, they're trying to figure out how the two of them are going to co-coach because, you know, Will did everything by himself. So he didn't really have a co-director. Uh, and this is a dynamic where uh, Kurt and Rachel have always been the best of friends, but haven't always agreed on how things go when they're working together on a project. So this is going to be no different. Uh, so we get into the Jagged Little Tapestry episode and uh, uh, the two of them come up with this assignment, which is like, okay, we, we're figuring this out. We're, we're getting things going. Uh, of course, this is the episode where Brittany and Santana will be, become engaged, which Kurt is not going to be the happiest about. Rachel mostly stays out of all that drama, just kind of being there while it's all happening. Um, and uh, a lot of things that are happening around now is is kind of in relation to Kurt having a hard time uh, figuring his place here i guess because he's like got everything going on with blaine he's bringing some of his personal life into his teaching and rachel has to kind of you know keep him at bay of like uh you know reminder like these kids are doing their best and we have to work with them not yell at them for things um but overall you know they seem to be doing relatively well with these kids they have uh you know the kids end up coming to rachel saying like Hmm. oh like kurt you know it's it's good that kurt pushed pushed us a little bit so um you know rachel it, it makes a comment to all of them saying uh look 
uh, we're proud of you. And even though Kurt, uh, you know, Rachel's like, even though Kurt and I sometimes clash, uh, we're getting across our intended lesson. And Madison is like, you guys just sound like you're congratulating themselves yourselves. Uh, and it's like, yes, kids, this is what happens when you are working with Rachel Berry and Kurt Hummel. They will be they, These are the two that came back in season four, like expecting to hand out autographs to uh, <laughs> to the to the high school kids. So uh, that's Rachel. That's Kurt. That's what you're going to get. Not, not much has changed on that end of things. But yeah, so uh, they're settling into their roles and uh that's that's where we're at before we get to the hurt locker the hurt locker this is when sue just starts wreaking havoc on everything uh there is a invitationals occurring at mckinley sue you know went went ahead and did some scheming and got the warblers and um what's it called vocal adrenaline to attend invitationals with the new directions so it's not an official competition it's just like a little hey we're going to be competing later let's show each other what we got so we can intimidate one another and have this season be uh even more vicious than it already needs to be um and so rachel was really trying to give the kids a morale boost because i mean they're a ragtag motley crew of kids they don't have the precision that vocal adrenaline has nor the warblers and she doesn't want them to watch those other two groups perform their asses off and then feel just discouraged as they barely just got together as it is um and will is contemplating maybe toning it down just a smidge so that the kids don't get stamped out sue however is not gonna have any of this happen she's spying on this conversation the entire time and so she really just wants to destabilize the group from within and as far as rachel is concerned she just wants to screw with rachel's heart because Rachel's heart hasn't already been broken enough times. Uh, she hypnotizes Sam into flirting with Rachel, asking her on a date. They end up at Breadsticks, where they decide that they're going to start taking piano lessons together. It's a whole, it's a whole thing, a mm-hmm. whole thing. Um, yeah, they do kind of get a little. <laughs> it's all over the place. They kind of get a little close here and there. They they practice piano together. Sam all of a sudden is this very wise person in Rachel's life and offers so many encouraging advice to her and stuff. And they end up singing a thousand miles together, and they share a kiss at the end of it. Mm-hmm. It's a Sam had not yet completed his, uh, you know, uh, I hate to say it like this, but checklist of uh, New Directions girls that he had been looking to uh, share a kiss with or share something with. Uh, So Rachel is going to be uh, the last one there to, uh, you know, complete the original six New Directions girls, uh, having all spent some time with Sam. So, yeah, there was a little bit, of course, uh, of this being teased in season five of these two potentially being together um, that didn't end up going anywhere. And now here we are in season six and uh, it's all by hypnotization, but it's uh, potentially happening here. So after that all happens, uh, she ends up finding Sam in the hallway to talk about the fact that they just kissed and Sam doesn't remember a thing. So that's kind of awkward. Um, But Rachel just assumes that he's, you know, the way that he's acting now means that it just didn't mean anything to him. Uh, She even asks him out just on like a simple little breadstick date, but he says he can't because he's still in love with Mercedes. So she's like, okay, I guess this isn't actually going to mean anything. This isn't, you know, nothing's happening here. Uh, So... Uh, Invitationals, like you said, is still approaching. Kurt and Rachel are trying to get more members together. Um, Otherwise, if they don't have more members in their club, they are not going to do very well. Uh, So Rachel works on recruiting Kitty uh, extra hard here, trying to bring her back. It's not very easy. Kitty was pretty hurt after the Glee Club uh, ended last time out of, you know, nowhere. Uh, So she's like, I can't let that happen to me again. And Rachel's like, I'm not giving up uh, on you guys on this club. We're going to do it. Um, And Kitty kind of clocks Rachel here. You know, it's like, you're doing this all for yourself. 
you're not doing this for me or for us. Uh, she's like, I joined last time because I knew Mr. Shu was a kind person and he wanted the Glee Club to succeed more than life itself. Uh, so, you know, I have a little bit less trust in you to stick around. But eventually Kitty does end up joining. Um, so Rachel and Kurt and Blaine, after the two boys end up, you know, making their way out of the Hurt Locker, uh, are going to watch the, uh, the, the invitationals take place. Um, I guess I cut ahead a little bit before they got to that invitationals. Uh, Sam was uh, still being hypnotized, ends up giving Rachel a set list that Sue gave to her, uh, to him, to try to get Rachel to do like a bunch of bad songs. And Rachel's just very confused because Sam's still being hypnotized and uh, he's like snapping in and out of it, of of, of this state. Eventually, yeah, he, he like goes, tries to kiss her again and she's like, stop. Yeah, she's like, you <laughs> just said that you? you love Mercedes. And he's like, I, I, I'm sorry. I just, I keep forgetting what's going on. It's like, yeah, you're being hypnotized my friend um but it's fine he ends up recruiting spencer which you know puts the whole team together so kitty shows up and spencer shows up and now it's time for the new directions to perform um they also realize that sue is behind a lot of what's been going on uh all the weirdness uh sam stealing will's mail (laughs) and will thought it was rachel and now they're like getting on the same page okay this wasn't any of us sabotaging each other it was sue as it always is um so yeah of course this invitationals is going to go well thanks to kitty and you know her uh, Kitty ways the new directions are going to win yeah. here. The main thing here is that, like, I mean, just, I mean, you would think that the main relationship is supposed to be between Sam and Rachel here, but really, it's more about Sam or excuse me, uh, Rachel and Kitty, and how they sort of come together and sort of bond. And Rachel was able to convince Kitty, like, look, like I. You know what? Yeah, on some level, you are right. Yes, I am doing this for myself. I am looking to get my mojo back. I I need something to to work on because I utterly failed, and now I'm trying to rebuild my confidence in my art. And I am using the Glee Club to do that. But I also care. Like I wouldn't have gotten even to Broadway or to um, my failed TV show had it not been for the New Directions. So yes, I'm using the New Directions, but also I don't want the New Directions to not be a thing anymore. And I know that you're talented and I know that you love it. And I'm not going to just leave once it happens. Because for one, Rachel doesn't even know if she's even really going to be able to go back to school or go back to Broadway. Like she's a failed actress right now. Like she's like the laughing stock of Hollywood. So it's not like just bringing this glee club and resurrecting it is going to give her some automatic get out of jail free card like she Mm -hmm. still has to work towards getting back to the place that she was so i like that her and kitty really you're not able to sort of like have this like communal relationship where they're both getting something out of it but it's also like well you know what rachel maybe you're not as bad as everyone tells me that you are because at the end of the day these two really didn't know each other that well until now so um yeah, I don't know if this is like a Becca Tobin, Leah Michelle oh, it influence type deal. Probably, it is. It but is. nice to see anyway. What do you think <laughs> about the expression? I've always, I've always thought it was kind of weird and and rude. Um, the expression "those who can't do teach" because I feel like they're kind of taking that, you know. Uh, saying and kind of making it like a reality here where, where it was those like Rachel who can't do teach. I've never heard that before. Those that those who can't do teach. Oh, I don't know what my brain did you, that. Um, I don't know why you did it. Those who can't do teach is basically like, saying what that. What is that? Basically about like people, I think it's essentially about like athletes or performers or anybody that like is trying to make it in the big leagues and then it ends up not going well for them and they teach it instead. Um, I've right. always felt like it was a super rude expression, but like that's what they're saying here, that Rachel was unsuccessful doing it on Broadway in LA, so she's coming to teach. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I think... Uh, 
I mean, I think that they definitely frame it in a way where it's like, yeah, I'm doing this because I'm trying to find, you know, like I just said. But yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that it really can be. I mean, I think Sue sort of says something to her to that effect. You know what I mean? Like, oh, look at you. You failed. So now you're here, you right. know? So it's just like disrespectful towards teachers who like deserve a lot more credit in life than uh, I think. Uh, they, yeah, they, I don't they know why get, people so. think that teaching is not a profession and why anybody can just do it. Like teaching is a skill. And there are a lot of people that do not possess that skill. I mean, we've all had bad teachers in our lives. And yeah, so like, no, <laughs> yeah, those who can't teach suck <laughs> how about that like it's, it's just like it's the same for will too it's like will uh you know he wants to do more and he wants to be more and it's like i don't know i i, I just i kind of feel like it's not the perspective of like you know these people want to do more it's like they're here because they couldn't do more and i don't know i, I don't and know and i don't i don't doubt it. that there's like there are people that 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 that's true for like of course that's true of course there's someone that wanted to be a musician for the rest of their whole life and then they just they didn't work out and but they still love music so they decided you know what i guess i'll go ahead and teach music instead of course that story is i'm probably i'm sure it's not uncommon but to like make a blanket statement like that like you're saying implies that no one actually wants to teach but there are plenty of people that want to like my sister she went to school for higher education like she wants to mm-hmm. teach like that's her thing so right. education higher education all that shit yeah, yeah. It's, you know it's a it's a, it's a profession Put some okay, respect well, on their names. I think Teacher Appreciation Week was uh, last week, I think. Interesting. Um, me being a big teacher stand out here, didn't even know that. What a fraud I am. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's just a little tangent for you there. Um, but, yeah, the invitation else goes well. Like I said, uh, Roderick is going to kind of lead the charge with the Glee kids, all thanking Rachel and Kurt for being such great teachers. And Rachel's like, look, the Glee Club changed my life for the better, and I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be be doing this. You know, they put their trophy in the case. So everything is going well. Um, We get to what the world needs now, and uh, we're still looking at Sam and Rachel a bit as to, like, what is happening between the two of them. They plan another breadsticks date. Uh, They sing together, I'll Never Fall in Love Again, uh, which they end up both blowing off the date because Rachel's like, I feelings for you but i need to focus on other things and sam says well look i also still feel strongly about mercedes jones and i turn to you here this is uh mercedes is back in action here and uh, this is an episode with a scene in particular that has always stood out for you with uh, mercedes and rachel uh yeah or which scene the first one or the second one I don't know. All of, them. all of them. She's back and she's going to continue <laughs> guiding Rachel in the right direction. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. I mean, Santana. Mercedes is here to save the day, essentially. Um, she, both in both her professional life and her love life, because she actually has a conversation with Sam as well, because the two, like like you said, her and Sam, like it's like a will they won't they situation. They don't really know how to handle it. Like it's, it's very, very fresh for the both of them. Both of them have come out of relationships that were very important to them. Um, Rachel in a more dramatic way than than Sam, of course. Um, and also, there's the the lingering figure of Mercedes, right? Because both of them don't want to hurt Mercedes either. Um, but Mercedes does talk with Rachel, like, "Look, if y'all, if there's something going on, then go for it." Like, Rachel Finn would not want you to just cut yourself off from any kind of possibility for love. So, go for it. Like, I'm gonna be okay. Like, I got a man. <laughs> well, she doesn't tell that to Rachel, but she does tell that to Sam. Um, and pretty much says to Sam that she would like for Sam to help heal her heart. Which, eh, eh, whatever. Um, but the biggest scene here, of course, is uh, Mercedes did 
uh, put in word, a good word for Rachel with a producer that she knows on Broadway for this upcoming musical and scored Rachel an audition for the musical. Um, and Rachel at first is very hesitant. She's like, I can't do that. I'm here for these kids. I literally just promised Katie that I would not leave. Like, I have to focus on the kids. I have to focus on the Glee Club and what I came here to do. Um, which is partly true. And also, of course, it's because she's scared. Mercedes, undeterred, asked the guys to put together an emergency performance for her. They sing to her uh, uh, when you get caught between the moon in New York City, all that stuff, which is a great performance, but still doesn't really quite do the trick. But Rachel does eventually make the decision to buy the ticket. Um, she goes to Mercedes. Mercedes is super excited that she took her up on the offer. But Rachel does break down here and says, look, I'm scared. Like, I did it. I accomplished my dreams. And then I ruined it all. I ruined it in an instant. Like, who's going to want to work with me? How am I supposed to, like, like suffer through all of the stares, all of the comments? Are people going to ask me at every audition, oh, so what was that little, what, what happened to you on Broadway and Funny Girl? And then that, that's a Rachel shit. Like, what's going on with you? Like, it's such a daunting, daunting task to have to overcome one's own reputation. Um, and I think that she's just afraid of going there and then failing again and then getting just having to like pick up the pieces again it's really really hard but mercedes tells her like look you just need to focus on improvement and you just need to focus on knowing who you are because the rachel berry from last year would have just gone into the audition and just stated her name said what she was there to do and conquered it like that's the only way that you're going to be able to get through this you have to go through it not around it um and i i do love this scene a lot because um, like I said before, it's relatable to me because there have been things that I have wanted in my professional life that have not coalesced, and it just makes you feel worthless. It makes you feel like, damn, like this image that I had of myself, it's actually not as clear as I thought that it was. Um, and yeah, so it's uh, I, it's really it's I, I appreciate this the scene a lot because it does sort of prove to me that you're never as stuck as you think, and. You can, everybody needs a friend like Mercedes as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, you know, when she gets out, she heads off to New York singing Promises, Promises, and, you know, is out there for her big audition. It's like, you know, that she nails the audition. You know, that, like, uh, but reputation aside, if we're just looking at the, the talent that walks onto the stage, you know, that Rachel is always going to be one of the top contenders for whatever role she's about to walk into. Uh, it's just, it remains who she is. She is always going to be that person that shines the brightest on the stage, that she is going to put in the effort and she's going to sound just like you want the star of your show to sound. Um, so you know, things could be potentially back on track for her here, but it's such a short season, you know, 13 episodes, and we had to get the Glee Club going, and we had to, you know, use some of Rachel's attention to make sure that the Glee Club was focused and ready to go. Uh, so now here we are, you know, episode six, and it's like there's only seven left episodes left to go. We still got to kind of make Rachel's story wrapped up and make sense before we get out of here for the, for the whole show. So uh, episode six here is kind of where they start to get it back on track for focusing specifically on her. Uh, so the next episode is going to be the transitioning episode, which is, you know, 50% about Coach Beast and 50% about Rachel here, because for Rachel, what is she transitioning from, you know, I guess one phase of her life to the next? 
next as she is losing again she's losing everything she found out she you know her her dads are getting divorced and more specifically her childhood house is not going to be hers anymore they're they're selling it uh she tells sam the uh, mm-hmm. well the beginning of this episode you know things are, are still going awful her and blaine get eggs by vocal adrenaline because that's you know vocal adrenaline tradition um but rachel tells sam that wasn't even the worst part of her week she woke up the other day hearing that sign that says sold being banged into her front lawn she was going hard trying to deter people from buying this house she was dressing up in all kinds of wild american horror story costumes trying to scare people away as they were showing up for the open house and sam is like okay look rachel i don't know what you're thinking right now, but I promise it's not that bad. You know, I never had a real house to call my own. And she's like, "Uh, stop, 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 stop. I'm not listening to this. I know what you're about to say, but uh, I'm not letting my dads go through with this. I mean, Rachel, you are sorry. It's, it's gotta happen. This is part of life. It's not up to you, baby. Really not up to you. I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, long story short, they end up, of course, throwing Rachel a, a little bit of a goodbye house, a farewell party at her house. Uh, so all of the Glee kids go, which is still super weird. All of Rachel's friends are there. Um, and I guess the highlight here for Rachel is when her and Sam go upstairs, um, continue to solidify this bond between the two of them. Definitely share a kiss. Maybe something more happens. Probably something oh, more happens. Definitely something more. Yeah, because they go downstairs with a nice glow on their face, singing time after time, and eventually, <laughs> uh, I guess you know she uh, made every everything nice and, and clean up there so that everybody could come back upstairs and help her finish packing up her bedroom uh, for her to continue this you know transition in her life. So yeah. And uh, Mr. Shu also transitions away from vocal adrenaline and comes back to McKinley. And uh, he's going to be helping Rachel along the way. So it's, uh, she's losing one thing, but sort of gaining another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, and when he does come back, uh, you know, just to kind of head to the child star episode, uh, that's really just a nothing episode specifically for Rachel, but uh, they share a nice moment in that episode uh, after a wild couple of days with, uh, with Myron Muscovitz and Sue and the bar mitzvah and everything. They're getting ready to go to sectionals and Will reminds them, you know, uh, I mean, he's constantly doing this with, with both Rachel and Kurt reminding them like to like learn more about the kids and befriend them because look what happens when you befriend the, you know, your students, like they can become some of the best friends you ever had, which is, you know, that's Will's thing. So no surprise that that's his <laughs> advice there. Um, it really does sound creepy when you say it like that. It, I Make mean, sure that's that you befriend says. your students because then they can be some of the best friends you ever had. It's like, are you like shopping for friends? Says. Yeah, I mean, I get the message he's trying to convey, but in the Will Schuster creepy way, it's just impossible to say it any other way. Um, but Rachel does, you know, nicely tell him how much of a big difference he made with her. Um, so, you know, they are still going strong. This, you know, the, the friendship between these two. Um, and in the middle of all this, Rachel, of course, attended the big gay wedding. Um, not much happening here for Rachel, which is fantastic. This was not her episode to, uh, shine very bright in. This was all about, uh, the four gays. So happy that she didn't have a huge role in there, but she did a little bit of, uh, a little bit of her and Sam, you know, she was a little worried because Carol and of course, we're going to be at this wedding, and uh, she was worried about hurting Carol's feelings if she was out there with Sam, you know, like linked up with him. Um, but everything mm-hmm. ends up going well. Yeah, yeah. Well, Carol's not like that. Bert's not like that. So, but I appreciated the fact that she was mindful of it at least, because yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it's hard. It's hard moving on from that sort of a, you know situation. But she was able to you know have a little. Have a good time at the wedding with Sam. Mm-hmm. Maybe even do something more in the hotel. Who knows? Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> uh, 
Um, okay, so we get to the rise and fall of Sue Sylvester. Um, uh, your notes say Rachel is back at Niata. Did she go back there? Or did she just she, call Yeah, she, she goes back to Niata to uh, knock on Carmen's office. Why can't office I remember that? <gasps> remember, oh, Carmen's assistant is like, oh, she's yes. been waiting for this moment. Oh, yes, 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 yes. It was a, it's a really quick moment, yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. Carmen, of course, is waiting for this because Carmen told her, told her ass at the end of season five, think long and hard about what you're going to say next. And Rachel's like, I have, bitch. Bye. <laughs> and now she's like, well, hello. Hi. You want to give me another chance? Um, It does not go well. It It doesn't go well. But undeterred, Rachel is going to sort of like get some of her season three energy back and write an entire letter to Carmen detailing why she's ready to come back, how how sorry she is, and why she believes that she should be given another chance. Um, she does get a call, and it's from the people that she auditioned for, the Mercedes audition. She got it. Then she gets another call from Niata. It's Carmen, and Carmen says... Yes, you can come back. And I'm sure it's like on some probationary status. But yes, if you would like to come back to Niata, we will take you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, Mercedes is happy. But Sam thinks that it might be a good idea to go back to school. Like, you have a choice, once again, between show business and finishing your degree. You chose show business the last time, and clearly you weren't ready for it. Why make the same mistake again? So, that's sort of like the struggle of this episode. Like, what are we going to do? Um do I go back to the show? Do I go back to uh, school? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, of course, stakes are, are high across the board because the Glee Club is uh, currently getting ready for this big sectionals coming up. So, you know, Will and Blaine and Kurt and Rachel are all trying to get everybody ready. They're trying to get them all feeling like a team now that the, the Warblers are here as well. Um, you know, if they don't win, the club is going to be over, which, yeah, they've done this a hundred times, so this isn't anything new for them. But Rachel's got that going on while she's trying to figure out her own life. So we get to We Built This Glee Club, and Sam comes to Rachel again trying to be a little bit, you know, pushing her in the direction that he thinks that she should go, uh, with saying, look at all these former college graduates who then went on to go on a Broadway. And Rachel's like, oh, I also have a list for you of people who actually dropped out of college and became successful. Rachel's like, look, I know you're trying to help, but I really just need your support. Uh, so when Sam leaves the auditorium, Rachel ends up singing alongside the uh, returning Jesse St. James uh, with some Listen to Your Heart there so uh jesse is back and he's coming to talk to rachel he says look i i heard that you were going to start a new broadway show but you haven't said yes yet uh he's like i'm playing the co-star and uh i actually fought pretty hard to help get you the role and rachel's like wow that I did not expect that at all. Um, of course, she appreciates it, but she's like, uh, she's honest with Jesse, saying that she still hasn't made up her mind. And Jesse thinks it's like insane that she hasn't even, you know, that she's still thinking about it at all. Like, of course, it's a Broadway show. You're getting a big opportunity to get back to the stage. Like, you, you need to say yes, especially with uh, our obviously incredible musical chemistry that like we'll have out, out there. Um, so Jesse's, of course, pulling in one direction. Sam kind of wants her to go in the other. Uh, where is Kurt at in all of this? He he just kind of wants her to be happy with whatever she chooses he's like i thought you were crazy for coming back here to teach a glee club in the first place but then i realized that it's a good thing that this happened because you inspired the kids uh to 
to be their best selves in the Glee Club here. You inspired me. I'm going back. Uh, Kurt's, you know, Kurt, of course, is uh, not me. I'm not going to Niata. Uh, Kurt's going back to Niata. <laughs> Blaine's going to NYU. So everybody's kind of figuring out what the next step is. And Rachel, you have to figure it out. Whatever it is, we'll support you, but you got to figure it out. Um, the New Directions go on stage. They have their big performance. Uh, Rachel is going to give the talk at the show circle because she's the one who brought them all there. All, all of them are together pretty much because of Rachel uh, at the beginning of season six. So she's like, look, everybody, I came here to get my groove back and it worked. And all of us are here together right now. I only care about you guys, which is like, is that true? Maybe. I don't know. Um, it's true. Probably. It's it, mostly true, but it's still hard to believe Rachel saying, I only care about you guys in this. Mo- I mean, I, whatever. Um, it's just, you know, what I've learned from Rachel in six seasons. Uh, but they go out, they kill it at sectionals. They end up, of course, getting the big win, causing lots of excitement. So now there's, you know, that was the uh, the big win. So now we have to find out what is Rachel going to do? And she's going to make this decision uh, through not not now in this moment, but she does tell Jesse what she's deciding. She decides to go back to school, which I think is the best option because, look, you got you got you really got to have your cake and eat it too, Rachel. Like, look, you you we don't need to talk about how royally you fucked up, but the fact that you did score another audition for a new Broadway musical and they liked you enough to say yes and put you alongside uh, Jesse St. James and Carmen told you that you can come back like. That is affirmation that you still have at least a modicum of respect in the Broadway community and you can still go back to school. So, yeah, go back to school. And then once you have your degree and you have more experience and you have um, Carmen Thibodeau behind you, audition your ass off, sweetheart. So she really... um, she, I mean, this is season six, right? So we know that this is a truncated season. And so I would have liked to see just a little bit more struggle, but I understand that they had to squeeze it into 13 episodes um, because it this episode does sort of feel like, kind of magic wandy, like wave your magic wand, all the problems yes. go away. Um, but I, I think the one thing that makes it okay for me is the fact of, like that, that conversation between her and Mercedes and that whole scene about her being scared all that that kind of makes it okay for me but um yeah she decides to go back to school um Jesse's a little disappointed but at least they'll both still be in New York so it's not like they won't see each other um and she gets together with the rest of the new directions and they just sort of like reflect on all the things that they've done so far and it's a uh, it's kind of crazy. They, they they have the the trophy from sectionals. They add it to the batch. Um, Kitty is going to notice that Rachel is sort of like looking back at the older trophies. And so Kitty's like, you know, we really should continue the legacy and focus on, you know, yeah, the legacy of it all. And so they put all the trophies together in the case, which I feel like they should have done anyway because it's a trophy case. Like, I know. It's made like, for trophies. I know. They just, <laughs> like, why these are kids they never feel confident that they're going to be in this room for longer than 10 minutes before Sue kicks <laughs> them out. That's true. So I guess that's, that's kind true. of where they're at. Um, but really quick about the, the the decision that Rachel has to make here, of course. Um, and by the way, uh, can't, we can't leave out that Jesse and Rachel do share a kiss there. So goodbye to any hopes oh, yeah. of uh, wow. Sam Oops. and Sam and Rachel being a thing. Sorry, uh, Jesse back in town. He uh, wins the day there. Um, but for the decision here, it is you know Niata versus school. 
why would Rachel ever pick going back? I, I just said Niata versus school. You know what I meant. Uh, Niata versus Broadway. Um, why would Rachel ever pick going back to Broadway at a time like this where she is now two for two in auditioning for Broadway roles? She probably has this mindset that like anytime I go to audition for a show, I'm going to get it. So why don't I just wait until I actually feel ready? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you have your pick of the litter now. Like you have people, you know that you are going to be able to be good at auditions and you're not even done with school yet. She so, doesn't have to sweat it at all. She just goes in there. again. Like I said, when she goes there, you know she's going to kill it, and she does. So um, mm-hmm. she's you know got this opportunity. Carmen Thibodeau is not always going to be uh, in the mood she was in that day where she called Rachel and said, come back. We know that Carmen is not usually like that. So uh, she gave her the opportunity to come back, and you know if she messes it up again, she's going to mess it up again. I don't know what Rachel's future has uh, as far as school goes. I mean, I do know what Rachel's future has because we're going to flash forward to five years later, but you know, if the episode... if if the series ended here, I would not feel the most confident that things were going to work out for her in the end um, as far as school goes. Because, again, you know, we saw how it went last time. And this is just she's an impulsive person. And whenever wherever she feels like the next best step is for her, regardless of the mistakes she's made before, I feel like that's what she does. And I don't know that, you know, any growth from this season is really going to change that. But what I, what are you going to do? Um, so that's my little spiel about that. But dreams come true. <laughs> dreams come true true dreams come true hey now hey now this is what dreams are made of the new directions win nationals rachel's happy about it yes back at the school will becomes principal yes the district has decided to just make mckinley a performing arts high school due to all of the work that will has put in over the years and of course that rachel and kurt have put in at the very tail end of it all just, just make McKinley a performing arts school. Y'all keep talking about this damn glee club, then just just make it a freaking glee club high school. How about that? So that's what they do. Will sends off all of the alumni with this beautiful rendition of, what is it? Teacher children. Teacher children, yeah. Um, beautiful. And so beautiful, it's forgettable. Ra- yeah, exactly. Ra- I don't know why I, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Rachel is uh, overcome with emotion and you know says thank you and everything. Um, now Rachel has this performance around the school on her own of this time, which I've already had words for. If Matt has something to say about it, he can say it now. No, we've talked about it. We've talked about it. Good. Um, Reflecting on everything um, and walking down memory lane and everything. Fast forward five years later, Rachel is the surrogate for Kurt and Blaine carrying their child. Um, She is nominated at the Tony Awards for Best Actress in a Musical. Um, it they're in New York. She's surrounded by friends. Kurt's there. Blaine's there. Mercedes, Tina, Artie. Uh, they're all there. Sam, of course, is watching back at home with Emma and and Sue and and Will and Will's kids and all the uh, some of the other alumni show up um, at the apartment to watch. Like Ryder, not Ryder. Um, uh, Roderick is there. Kitty is there, and. Rachel is also married to Jesse St. James, who would love for her to hurry up and have this baby so that they can start making one of their own. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's a it's a night full of excitement because is she going to win? Will she won't she will she won't she? She wins. And then, of course, she's going to have this really great speech um, thanking all of her friends and family, but especially Mr. Shu, because he was like the first person that like sort of put her on this path of self-discovery and like you know talked 
talked uh, some sense into her when it needed to be when it needed to happen, and really helped guide her through high school. And now all of a sudden, she has a Tony by twenty five, which is like her exact goal at the end of season three, and it's really come full circle. And she says as much. Um, and so it's a really really special moment. Um, I wish I would have cried during it the first time that I watched it. I did cry on the rewatch, but I didn't cry this um, when I watched it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, dreams really do come true. Yep. And of course, so, she heads back to the school with the rest of the alumni, and they perform one last time in the auditorium, the Finn Hudson Auditorium. Right. Um, and the baby has been born by now because Rachel's not pregnant here. So, um, yep. Good. Good on them. They all, you know, things things worked out for them. Okay, so the realistic way that this story ends, like, like I don't know, it's it's so quick and easy, like you said, the magic wand situation here to kind of just be like, you know, bippity boppity boop, here's a perfect happy ending for Rachel. Uh, do I believe that Rachel Berry would have had a happy ending in in one way or another? I think so. I feel like I can see a world where her and Jesse end up together. I mean, Jesse is just as much of a diva as she is, but I think by this point we're really starting to see that they are growing up a lot, um, and... Uh, sure, I'll I'll take the story that you know it all worked out for them, and um, of course it's believable that all of these people are still friends because uh, they stuck together for so long through so many things. Why wouldn't they stay friends? So you know I'm good on all that. Two for two here. Um, the Tony, sure, you know, <laughs> no surprise at all that this is going to happen for a character as. Uh, I don't know, as as talented and as motivated as Rachel, even with all of the hiccups that she goes through. So um, I don't think any of the ending here for Rachel is unexpected, is necessarily unbelievable. Uh, it's just something that, like I think you were saying, and like I think we have been saying, that just it would have been nice to have more than 13 episodes to go from where we are in like episode 11, uh, dream, uh, 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 We Built This City, to, mm-hmm. you know, dreams come true. It would have been nice to have, you know, I, I don't want to be too dramatic here, but say like another 10 episodes, like a full season to like watch it all play out. But then that kind of just becomes the Rachel Berry story, which is like, it, like it's it, it, at that point, you're probably looking past like it even being Glee. At that point, it is truly a Rachel spinoff. So uh, to wrap it up while also having all of the other characters have their own send off as well. They had to do it this fast. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't think that I had any issue at the time or, you know, we, the time it aired, the time we rewatched it or anything. Uh, so I'm certainly not about to create a problem of it now. Um, but it doesn't for, it, it for sure doesn't feel supernatural. It's just like, okay, there it is. Right. Yeah. I, you sort of miss, you miss the journey of it all. Um, journey, of course, journey. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I agree. I wish that we could have, seen a bit more of the trajectory um because yeah i think that's part of the reason probably why i didn't cry was because i was like oh shit like i like i i knew in my head yeah these are the last two episodes this is the finale but at the same time i was like oh wow this is sort of just it wrapped up so quickly that i didn't have a chance to be like oh no um but now that i've seen it a couple of times and upon this rewatch of course um i think that you know and of, co- of course watching this sh- the whole show Throughout this past year, that was enough of the journey for me. So it got me that time. But yeah, I completely yeah. Under, understand. I agree. So, I mean, we got songs left, but we're done. That's Rachel. We are done. Uh, look, Rachel Berry, she is, she's a lot. She's very difficult. She's very problematic. She is very annoying. Um, 
But when she's, I say this all the time about her, when she's good, she's good. Um, when she's about her business, she's about her business. And that is something that I have always related to the most. So yes, for the purposes of the choir room, I have sort of made this transition over to Britney. But you never really forget your first love. Um, and so for me, Rachel really just was the character that I um, really identified with and in a lot of ways still do. And will frequently go back and watch her greatest moments whenever I just need a little bit of inspiration and it does the trick. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I can see, I can see why you, you know, are still going to be where you are with that. Um, it's like, as we rewatched the episodes and every episode, she would do another thing that was like awful. And we were like, this is the person, that, but it's like, you know, how many months are we away from that full rewatch? And, uh, when you're looking at the overall story and not like the details of like how she acted when she was a 16, 17, 18 year old child, um, you know, it's, it's a little bit more understandable, I think, as to like the parts of Rachel that you and, and many others, uh, relate to and enjoy about her as a character, um, as a performer and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I get it. I get it. I won't, uh, you know, come down on you too hard considering we all still see that Rachel Stan card firmly in your pocket. Uh, even if Brittany has her own now as well. So is there, I definitely threw it out at the beginning of this podcast, but then like I went and got it back (laughs) and didn't (laughs) say anything. Dug it out of the trash can when nobody was looking, Mm -hmm. it's got some gum on it, but you're cleaning it off. And, uh, now we all know now you're exposed. So there's that. Uh, so that's Rachel. Um, I, I don't even know. Like, do I have any, do I have any closing thoughts on Rachel? I, I think I, I've said everything I need to say. I, I don't. I don't stand Rachel in, in in many ways or in any ways. I should say, she, like, she's nowhere near the top my my top Glee characters. But I don't hate her at all. I I understand what she what her purpose is. I understand what she's here for. So, um, I'll just uh, leave us with what Amon said as our closing thoughts. So, um, ready for some final Rachel songs? The top fifteen songs. Oh my god. How did we get through all those songs already? We did. We already did about a hundred. No, less than a hundred. Like, I don't know, like 80 to 90 songs. We've already done 15 left. I know. That's crazy. Do we, I I feel like actually, since this is your character and I feel like we can do this for Santana too. I feel like I want to hear some picks from you of like what you're expecting towards the top, top, um, or just, I don't know, anything left that you know that we still haven't gotten to that you're... Oh, my uh, God. I can't even think. My brain is so stretched thin. I don't even know what's left. Should I should I just run through every song that we have left? I can do it in uh, numerical order or, you know, in uh, chronological order. Uh, sure. You want to do that? Okay. Wait. Actually, how do I do that? How do I... Okay. So, I want to do... I'm like... I'm trying to sort it on the uh, spreadsheet as we talk, but I'm trying to sort it so that it's like chronological order otherwise I'm okay whatever no I can do this okay ready the season one songs that we have left we're in the top 15 season one songs that we have left uh episode five maybe this time episode 13 don't rain on my parade episode 17 total eclipse of the heart episode 20 poker face episode 22 faithfully season two uh, episode four, get happy. Happy days are here again. Uh, episode 18. No, I'm sorry. Episode 13. Take me or leave me. Episode 15. I feel pretty unpretty. Episode 20 rolling in the deep season three. We have two songs. Uh, it's all coming back to me now and roots before branches. Ep- uh, season four, we have uh, new York state of mind and give your heart a break season five. We have only one song, make you feel my love. And season six, we have listened to your heart. That is the top 15 in chronological order. 
Did you say Poker Face? Poker Face is in there. Um, okay. So definitely I expect a few of those season ones to be towards the top. I think maybe this time it's just an iconic number. Um, I would disagree because I think it's more about Chris and Chenoweth than it is about Leah Michelle, but that's neither here nor there. I can see that being towards the top. Totally close to the heart, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I still, like, I still cannot, like, forget about, like, the night that that song actually hit for me. And I was like, oh, wow, Matt is so fucking right, man. Like, I was, I was obsessed with it for so long. Like, I listened to it, like, ten times in a row that night. I was I could not get enough of it. I think it was, like, even, like, faking the choreography when they're in the ballet room like, in my bed. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I was having a whole like I was having a whole moment. Um oh, but get happy. Happy days are here again is such a fucking bop for me. I you love that song. I, you don't have to predict every single spot here. I, just, I know, uh, I know, I know. I but I, I think get, those you know, those are the ones that are like in my in my brain right now. Okay. New York State of Mind is up there too. All right. And I think that's probably it. Let's get into it. Top 15 Rachel songs here. Of course, we're going to start with number 15 and work our way up to the number one Rachel Berry song. So let's start. All right, ready? Here is song number 15. So we kick things off for the day here with Roots Before Branches. I know that I've had a lot of praise for this song since we revisited it the first time. And uh, I think you've kind of been coming around on it since then, right? Number 15 here. Yeah, I have come around on it. I did not really like this song um, back in the back in the day, but uh, I have grown to like it a lot more. It's so interesting because the others, the, the, this um, wasn't going to be the original song. She was going to sing Beyonce's I Was Here before they switched it to this. Um, and you can still find her cover of I Was Here on YouTube. Um, but I'm glad that they didn't go with Beyonce. Because for one, I feel like Beyonce's I Was Here, uh, it's a bit, I think it's a, that would have been a bit too heavy-handed. Because like, that song kind of feels like I'm about to leave this earth. I'm going to die, but I was here. And she's not leaving. Like, she's just going to fucking New York. Like, <laughs> so, um, I, I, yeah, I appreciate this song a lot more. And I think that it definitely is worthy of being this high, even if it's not my favorite because of, like, just what a pivotal moment of her character it was. I'm looking at this where you paused it. Such an interesting 
thing that it's like she's surrounded by all the guys like why are all the girls in the back that's so strange i didn't even realize that and I, yeah we've got uh in the specific pause rachel's about to get on the train she's got uh, uh finn right next to her will right behind her sam is like in the shot right behind them and then uh, to the back of her uh you have rory mike chang blaine puck and kurt like where are all the girls i see mercedes like head see, back there yeah you can see tina like she's into the background but tina. <laughs> she's like yes she's leaving that's emma like right behind <laughs> behind will um but i don't know the boys got uh, a, a little bit closer maybe maybe in case like they needed to literally push her on the bus because she wasn't gonna go um they needed the they wanted the manpower there i don't know yeah maybe i don't know so if she tries to get off you push <laughs> yeah kurt's definitely gonna push rachel um so roots before branches at number 15 i think this is a great spot for it i think it's definitely a huge song it's the end of season three it's the last song, right? The last song in season three in that era of the yep. show, um, right? Is before uh, Rachel is going to head off and, and that's it. That's that's all we're going to see before we get into a whole new phase of Glee. So pretty important yep. song, pretty important performance at number 15, Roots Before Branches. All right, let's move on to, um, wow, actually, you can't make this up. Um, the song number 14. It's the first is- song of season four i'm pretty sure yes here we go number 14 some folks like to get away for a holiday from the neighborhood hop a flight to miami beach or hollywood Ooh-hoo. but i'm taking a greyhound on the hudson river line i'm in a new york So I'm sure everybody's yelling because this is definitely not the first performance of season four. Um, I realized that the second we started playing it, uh, that's, I'm pretty sure it's Call Me Maybe. Um, but uh, you get the point here. This is the first Rachel performance, right? I don't know, whatever. It's from season four, episode one, Rachel and Marley. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've I've adored this song since the first time I watched it. Um, I remember, I think I've, I've probably said this already on the podcast before, but... It was like the last week before I was leaving for Drexel and I was watching it um, over at my best friend's house in Pittsburgh before we left for Philly. And I just remember feeling just so proud of Rachel. I was just like, yes, you better show these bitches what you're fucking made of. And I 
I still feel that way when listening to it. Her, like, resonance on that first verse in her voice is just so good. So good. So, I, yeah, I'm happy that this is at the top. Yes. Number 14, New York State of Mind, Rachel and Marley. I'm very glad that they had a chance to sing at least one time together, uh, unless you count uh, You're the One That I Want, in which, like, many of them sing together. But I don't count that. So, Rachel and Marley. Uh, here at number 14, uh, let's keep on moving to song number 13. These two just have magic together on the stage, uh, Rachel and Jesse. And I've said that a hundred times. I'll say it a hundred more. Uh, Leah Michelle and Jonathan Groff sound great together. And uh, you're going to see him a couple of times up here in the top 15. So listen to your heart. Season six, of course, when Jesse makes his return, is uh, the first one here for the day at uh, spot number 13. Yeah, I um, I don't really think about this song too often. I often forget about it. Um, I'm sure that this... This song definitely has the potential for me to be like, oh, okay, I like it now. It just hasn't happened quite yet. Um, so I would not have put this towards the top. Um, I, it kind of feels like a squeezed-in song just to get a Jesse and uh, Rachel duet before the series ends. That's the kind of vibe that I'm getting from it. Um, but well, it's still a great performance nonetheless. I mean, if, if Jonathan Groff is back on set, of course they're going to sing together. So, mm-hmm. he's always the, just popping up into that, uh, that auditorium. The auditorium. There. Yes. <laughs> I got to call this out here. Uh, landed at number 13 on the overall chart and the audience chart. It was meant to be Rachel's song number 13. So not a single bit of a boost or drop or anything. I would have boosted okay. it as high as possible. Uh, it wasn't as high for you, but it lands here at number 13, no matter what anybody says. So no matter what you say, bitch. Mm-hmm. All right, here is song number 12. Let's keep on going. Song number 12, we've got another duet, but it's not Jesse. The sun is shining. Come on, get happy. The Lord is About it now. We're happy days are here. 
across the river Soon your cares will all be gone There'll be no more From now on From now on Don't get your troubles And just get happy I would have liked this to have been higher, but I'll take it. Uh, yeah. I mean, what else can I say? It makes me happy every single time. Um, she's being so extra, too. She's, like, literally trying to mimic uh, Barbara Streisand to a T with all of the facial expressions and mannerisms, um, which is so cheesy, but it's so season two, Rachel. Um, and I, I love this song so much. Mm-hmm. I always have. Um, actually, I, I think I lied, or I didn't lie, but the last one, I, I was like, oh, it's such a big deal. Uh, listen to your heart, number 13 on both sides. Uh, so is this one, <laughs> number 12 on our list uh, overall and the audience's list. And uh, so is the next one, but I'm not going to say what that is yet, of course. Um, so, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add here. I guess we kind of just reversed um, our feedback where I was <laughs> praising listen to your heart. And you were like, yeah, it's good. And now that's where we are here <laughs> for the other way around. Get happy, happy days are here again. Number 12. Yeah. Number it's, 12. Uh, duets, man. Y'all know I love that episode. You do? You do? <laughs> yes. Okay. There is number 12. Uh, get happy, happy days are here again. Let's move on to number 11. Fire starting in my heart. Reaching a fever pitch and it's bringing me out the dark. Finally, I can see you crystal clear. Go ahead and sail me out, and I'll lay your shit bare. See how I leave with every piece of you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. There's a fire starting in my heart, reaching a fever pitch, and it's bringing me out the dark. The scars of your love remind me of us They keep me thinking that we almost had it all The scars of your love, they leave me breathless I can't help feeling we could have had it all Rolling in the deep You had my heart inside Throw your soul through every open door Count your blessings to find what you look for Turn my sorrow into treasure gold Pay me back in kind and reap just what you sow You're gonna wish you Yeah, we could've had it all We could've had it all you could have had it all. 
There it is, rolling in the deep from season two, episode twenty. More Rachel and Jesse. Um, yep, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, man. They just, they're great, and uh, that's all I got. I don't have to keep harping on it. I think they they sound great. I just wish that I, I think I made this comment before. I just wish that I appreciated the arrangement a little better. I think that the harmony that they choose for Rachel is just so distracting because Jesse sings the 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 melody of course like he sings the the tune that everyone recognizes from from the radio and then you have rachel that is on some counter melody that just to me transforms the sound of the original which of course that's what they're trying to go for it's like a whole acapella version of it but sometimes it doesn't sound like rolling in the deep to me i think that it's i'm not going to shit on anybody's work but for this song i'm like uh i don't know if i would have chosen that arrangement or if anything give rachel the melody and have um jesse be the understated one with a lower harmony that's i feel like that would have made the song brighter for me because this makes it uh, i hate to like be so musical and technical but that's just yeah you're you're getting just super not pleasing. technical i'm like oh my music enjoyed the sound that just entered it I that's kn- all i, I know i know I, I just my my i just i don't like my ear does not I don't, I'm not, no, I'm not a fan of it. I'm Had sorry. But inside your hands. There, def, there definitely are moments of where I'm like, oh, yes, 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 yes. But played it to the beat. Love it. All right. Well, I will love on that as much as, uh, as much as I can to make up for your lack of appreciation. As you should. Love your fucking shit, man. Love it. <laughs> All right. There is number 11 rolling in the deep. Uh, top 10. That was uh, that was the 15 through 11. We are at the top 10 voted Rachel Berry songs. Let's get right on into it. Here is song number 10. This song is so long. There's like 
pause it. There's still so much more to go. Um, but Poker Face, of course, uh, making its way high up the list. I say of course, but then it's not exactly of course. The audience had this at number 31, but you and I gave it both perfect scores, uh, as I definitely was always intending to, because this is a great cover, uh, made its way up to number 10. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of shocked that the audience had it so much lower. Because um, I just think that this is such an iconic Glee song. Everyone knows the song. And I need for people to put respect on Lady Gaga's name because this is a cover of Lady Gaga's rendition, acoustic version of Poker Face. Glee did not come up with this cover. This is Lady Gaga's arrangement. So put some respect on her name. But even so, it's amazing. And if anything, Glee probably popularized it a little bit more than it already was. So... Shame on you, audience, but that's fine. That's fine. That's why I took some of y'all shit down, too. Mm. Whoa. <laughs> well, it ended up Let where me stop fucking shit talking to the audience. <laughs> right? Like, they, uh, they, they listen to us. They are <laughs> our, our friends, I'm not kidding. our enemies. They know I'm on. <laughs> um, that, yeah, number 10 for Poker Face here, kicking off the top 10 uh, with Shelby Corcoran. It's the last time we're going to see Shelby up on this list, but... Makes sense because this is definitely, uh, I think, their most memorable duet together. So there it is. Poker Face, Poker Face, Poker Face. All right. Um, That was the first season one song we cracked into for the day. Uh, Still a couple more to go. And uh, here it is. Another season one song at uh, spot number nine. Into the midnight sun. Wheels go round and round. You're on my mind. Restless heart. Sleep alone tonight Sending all my love along the wire They say that the road ain't no place to start a family Right down the line it's been A uh, happy birthday to Corey Monty. I believe his birthday is tomorrow as of this recording. Um, shout out to Corey. Miss you every day. Um, and there is Faithfully with uh, Rachel and Finn season one finale. Yeah, she's singing on this. She is singing on mm-hmm. this. It's She gets up there. You know, this song gives me the same energy that um, Sweet Victory from SpongeBob does. Not that. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, thank you guys. But for I mean, to but I mean, Podcast in like the the enjoyed. the triumph of it all, like that's uh-huh. what I mean. Like I'm not saying that like like they sound anything like they Rachel don't. Bob I'm saying square that... shorts. Square <laughs> I'm saying that the energy behind it and how it's like, bitch, we here. Like that's that's the energy that it gives okay. me, and I love that. Okay. <laughs> 
I love Faithfully. It's uh, iconic as you can get here uh, for a Glee performance. The season one regionals, of course, uh, doesn't go so well for them, but it's not because of this performance. I mean, they absolutely smashed it here. Like you said, Rachel is singing. She is singing every mm-hmm. last bit of this song. Yeah, up there. Yeah, she is using everything within her to get that note out, and uh, and and Finn as well. Corey Monty out here, like you see, like even in a lip sync, I guess that they're doing here. He is just his whole body is going into that for his life. So he is. Um, So there is uh, faithfully landing here at number nine, and uh, let's keep on moving. Here is song number eight. There it is. Take me or leave me. Number eight. Me for what I yes. 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 This is so much they more fun it. on uh, like, it's like, I know that it's good. And then it starts and I'm like, I know this is good. And then it ends and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's really, really good. That's fun. Yeah. It just keeps getting better and better and better and better from every verse to every chorus. It just, they just go up there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is, this is great. I just love how every time uh, Mercedes puts out a big no, there's at least one person in the crowd that just like is overcome and they're like, oh, <laughs> yes, baby. Like Mr. Shu is like losing his mind. Um, no, this is a lot of fun, classically, iconically performance. Rachel, Mercedes, how can you ask for more? Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about like the Santana bump, but like the Santana songs are not even anywhere near uh, the top. 15 not 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 anywhere near they were in uh the most recent episode brave and every breath you take and so emotional all down there um but i don't know none of them made it up to the tippy top but they also were like you know that there was a whole thing right at the when they sang together in season three like oh we probably should have done that sooner which yeah they probably should have done that sooner because they probably would have had moments like this in season two or whatever that would have been as iconic as maybe this one yeah, Santana didn't have no time for Rachel in season two. She was not fucking with her then. Like, yeah. <laughs> like if Brave, you got if, 
sorry, I'm cutting you off. If if Brave was a uh, season two or three performance, that is one of the best Glee songs of all time. But then it's like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Like you kind of have to work for those episodes or those those performances because. Like I said, Santana and Rachel are not friends. So in what world would this have happened? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like, do you want the the slowly, gradually becoming friends storyline? Or do you want just them to already have performances together in season two for no reason at all? You know what I mean? It's kind of like, pick your poison. Pick yep. your poison. So there it is at number eight. Take me or leave me. Let's keep on moving. Here is number seven. Number seven, give your heart a break. Rachel and Brody, season four, the only season. Ah, not true. Sorry. Uh, I was gonna say the only season four song up here. That's not true. New York State of Mind is here as well. But Rachel and Brody and this uh, rendition of "Give Your Heart a Break" just unmatched. These two. Once again, do yourself a favor and listen to the full studio cut because it doesn't. It cuts out so many like good vocal moments from the both of them. Um, in this song so good like they just sound oh 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 this works so much better as a piano ballad than it does as a pop number <laughs> i'm sorry demi it but it's just true it's just true i don't think she would disagree uh, yeah i was obsessed with this when it came out and i'm still obsessed with it uh the drama of it all is so good they're so good at like exemplifying all of that especially with all of this shit that's going on with this um episode so mm-hmm. definitely it's like definitely a top tier performance faithfully like you have to sing that out to get every note out because you have to like show the passion in that one uh this is like a different kind of like losing your breath by singing this entire song like when you are done singing that song at karaoke singing it in the car if you're singing with me you will have no breath remaining because you just force out every bit of like intensity that is involved with singing this cover the way that they do this one i i agree i think it's a it's a hard song to sing like you're really i mean even the chorus alone like you're really doing a lot you're up and down don't pray you're you're like scream singing at a certain point yeah and it's 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 great it's really really good yeah it's a very well written song musically and lyrically yep so uh, there it is at number seven, Rachel and Brody. The last time Brody will appear on this list at uh, there for, for number seven, the last season four song. Uh, we got six songs left. So here we go. Song number six. I finished crying in the instant I 
Easily my number one Rachel Berry song, um, by far, my number one. Uh, recently, I texted him on, I, I was looking at the list, and I was like, trying to figure out, because uh, from our bonus, we gave it a 4.5, and I was like, did I do something wrong here? Because I'm like, surely he gave it a 5, and surely I gave it a 5. Um, and then I saw it had a 4.5, and I was like, okay, um, let me just make sure that I didn't do this wrong. And he's like, no, I probably gave it a 3 or a 4, and I was like, excuse me? Okay. <laughs> So I guess I did my part right. Not that quick. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. <laughs> Explain yourself. Jump. Such a quick jump from incredulity to acceptance. <laughs> <laughs> Not acceptance. I don't know if I got there. Uh, Reluctant acceptance. <laughs> this is my number one. This is my number one. Oh my god! I cannot wait for this episode to come out because i'm definitely going to be using that uh <laughs> as i'm going to be using that somehow in the future i don't know how but i'll, I'll be using that okay. um yeah no this is great um it's a great I'm, i hope that i gave this a four i hope i didn't give it a three you did because um, if i i know i know that i must have given it a five if you didn't yeah so like look i mean i, I i'm actually uh, what I was going to say now is because we just heard her sing faithfully, and that was the final competition song of season one. And this is the final competition song of season three. And the maturation in her voice, you can hear it. Like, women as they age, like men, their voices change. They get a little deeper. Like, go look, l- listen to any of your favorite girl singers. Like, listen to Beyonce in 2003. Listen to her now. The voice is so much fuller. It's deeper. In a matter of two years... Leah Michelle's voice is so much more round and heavier and fuller. Like she's like, like she's screaming in season one. And now it's like, there's so much power there. And I, you know, I guess listening to these songs, not back to back, but like, you know, one first and then the other, I was able to really realize that. And it made me appreciate the song even more than I already do. Um, That being said, yeah, sorry. Still not my number one. My number one is not, it's already, we already talked about not my number one, but no, it's a, it's a solid performance, and it's definitely a really, really iconic performance, and I think that it deserves the spot up here. I do. I just wasn't as enamored with it as you are. 
Well, that's fine. Uh, the audience had it at number four, so uh, pretty close to you know where we ended up here at number six. So luckily, uh, no, you know the lack of bonus, I guess, on your end didn't drag it down too far. I I'm fine with six. I would have preferred one, but I get it. It's fine. Um, so yeah, again, this is my favorite uh, Rachel song. I think it's the best she sounds. The 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 power in her voice, the way that she is, like you know, this is her baby, this is her last baby, chance. Baby. She's uh, she's got Carmen Thibodeau that shows up to watch her perform. And this is like, you know, after all she had gone through and she choked and then she's like, this is it. It's it's now or never. And she comes through on it and uh, it's all coming back to her now. And Leah Michelle recently posted a video of her singing this on her Instagram um, like like recently, you know, a couple weeks ago that she was singing it, not like a cover of her singing it. Like uh, she was talking about how she hadn't sang in a while, I guess, since she had her child and uh, she still had it. So, you know, no surprise mm-hmm. there. So, yep. There it is at number six. Let's get to the top five Rachel songs. I don't know if this is going to be as like fun as like anticipated because I feel like it's a lot of choices that just make sense for the top, but we're still going to uh, go through them all and we will make fun, uh, not make fun. We will make it fun. <laughs> we'll make fun of her. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. All right. Here is a uh, song number five for Rachel Berry. Every time I think I'm through, it's because of you. I've tried different ways, but it's all the same. At the end of the day, I have myself to blame. I'm just tripping. You can buy your hair if it won't grow. You can fix your nose if you say so. You can buy all the makeup that Matt can make. But if you can look inside you, Look, all I got to say is there's no Finn up this high. There's no Jesse up this high. There's no Brody up this high. The highest, oh my God. The, it, it's, it's, it's here. It is Rachel and Quinn. I can't even speak. I feel pretty unpretty making its way up to number five, despite Amon being on record that he doesn't really care about much about this song. Um, but we did it, guys. We, uh, we persevered, and uh, I feel pretty unpretty. Rachel, top five song. I will let you have this moment. And we will feel pretty while you feel unpretty. Uh, all right. Well, moment over now because you just said that to me. <laughs> Second of all, I've grown to appreciate this song a bit more. Is it a top 10 Rachel song for yes. me? No. Oh, top okay. 20? You said Sure. You said for you. Top, fair. Top 20? Yeah. Top 10? No. But it is a beautiful arrangement and mashup, so this, I'll give it that. This honestly just, might be... I'm sorry. I keep thinking you're done. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Go ahead. 
<laughs> this honestly might be the number one song that you and the audience are like completely at odds about um, because it's just like, I don't know, a teenage dream kind of was up there as well, but I feel like you said different things about that the last time we listened to it of just like knowing that the audience has like held on to this song close to their hearts for years and you just have never felt that way. Just, uh, 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 I'm sorry. I, I don't know. You don't have to apologize. I, uh, I'm just, I'm just saying that's, uh, that's how <laughs> I, I, uh, I see it. That's just how it is. That's how it is, baby. One day you'll feel pretty too. I do feel pretty. Not as pretty as the rest of us liking this song and recognizing well, how subjective. iconic it is. That's subjective. Whatever. Okay. Uh, so that's uh, song number five. Um, number four. Let's get to song number four. We still have three songs left from season one. Just uh, throwing that out there. Here's song number four. Love's a winner, so nobody loved me. Lady I think you said this, you know, when we started before, that this is definitely more of an April song, and I was paying close attention this time, for uh, maybe this time, uh, to see, yeah, just like, how much is this Rachel? And I mean, you're 100% right. This is April Rhodes and a little bit of, you know, Rachel alongside, but I guess it's hard to, you know, when you're voting, uh, all of us at home voting on uh, top Rachel Berry songs, you see maybe this time, you know, the performance as a whole is iconic. But I think I agree that uh, as far as Rachel goes, or I don't know if you necessarily said this, but uh, as far as Rachel goes, I probably could have seen this go a little bit lower, but it's okay. Number four. Yeah, I believe so too. Also because she gets massacred in this song. Like it's not a fair contest when you're putting Kristen Chenoweth up against Leah Michelle. Because yes, of course, both of them can sing. And of course, Leah Michelle ain't no punk bitch. But it's Kristen Chenoweth. Like, come on. Like, it's like, it, ugh, stick that in your pope and smack it. Smoke it. Okay. Well, it's not a competition, you know. It's like they're. It's not. A, well, it, well, that's debatable because they do kind of compete in this episode. Um, I, yeah, this doesn't need to be number four it just doesn't not for rachel um i think it's an iconic performance maybe top 20 maybe but that even that for me is like maybe the thing is like both of us are guilty in what we're criticizing against because we both gave this top mark so then i I, then i then i thoroughly thoroughly regret my decision in doing (laughs) this because i should have been more uh 
analytical when it came to talking specifically about Rachel because it's, a, I mean, she sounds great. She always sounds great, but this is not her song. It's just not. Look at both of us giving that exact same criticism. The audience had this at number nine, and we said, nope, this is great, 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 which it is. It is. Um, but the criticism that we're giving is a little bit separated from how great the song up. is. So uh, it ended up at uh, at number four overall. So, bad Amon. All right, bad Amon. Although I still, don't think it, I still don't think it should be top ten. So bad audience as well all right whatever so maybe this time lands here <laughs> at number four definitely going to be high overall in the uh overall rankings Win! Ooh, yes i remember looking back uh listening to this episode when we covered it um maybe last month or something, two months ago. And oh my god i was so freaking gay when, <laughs> when she talked about this song <laughs> I was just being such a musical theater gay. It was nauseating. <laughs> Don't we love to listen back to old tape and hear our old selves? Okay, uh, there was number four. Let's get to this top three already. Here is song number three on the Rachel Mary Countdown. blowing in your face And the whole world is on your case I could offer you a warm embrace To make you feel my love When the evening shadows and the stars appear And there's no one there to dry your tears I could hold you for a million years Make you feel my love I know you haven't made your mind up yet But I would never do you wrong I've known it from the moment that we met No doubt in my mind where you I'd go hungry, I'd go black and blue I'd go crawling down the avenue No, there's nothing that I wouldn't do To make you feel my course we're getting a little bit uh down a little sad here with uh song number three um i don't quite know how to speak on this one because this is of course a 
uh, memorable performance because this is, you know, what Rachel sings in the quarterback. Um, you know, we, how many times have we talked about it? She's not in most of the episode when she shows up. Um, she comes in, she sings this. She has a bit of a scene with Mr. Shu, and, you know, they kind of let it breathe a little bit here where uh, we're going to get to more of uh, Rachel and Finn a little bit later on, um, or, you know, more of Rachel talking about Finn later on in the rest of the season. But uh, for here, this is what she sings. And she sounds, of course, great on it. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it's, it sounds harsh to say because it's like such an important song, but I feel like for me, it's not really a top, uh, five Rachel Berry memorable performance. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I'm conflicted about it too, because I mean, everything you just said, I mean, it's the song about Finn, right? So of course people are going to have a connection with the song because it's, um, so heartfelt and emotional and important. Um, and real. does that and real. And so does that bump it up? And is it an appropriate bump? Um, I think I'm ultimately going to decide on yes, because I mean, I mean, this is all subjective, right? We're all talking about like what what songs have the biggest impact on us from whatever character for whatever reason. Yeah. And I think that this song, I mean, you, it, it just it just is it's that song. It's that song, um, and it happened because of an unfortunate circumstance, but. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really it's I mean it's really powerful performance. And it's really sad because I mean she's not really acting here. Like she's it, nobody really is. It's and it's it's, it's such a honest portrayal mm-hmm. of loss. And I think what makes it even more powerful is just like the the lines leading up into it, where she says, you know, don't handle me with kid gloves. Um, Finn loved me. I loved him. He loved all of you guys. And before Finn, I used to sing alone and. I didn't when he came along I didn't have to sing alone anymore and now she's kind of back to singing alone and it's just ugh man and this isn't it Rachel almost, trying it, to, you know, give you a show-stopping Rachel performance. This no, is Rachel pulling no. out all the stops by any means or anything like that, because that's not the point of this. The point of this is just her singing from her heart, a song that means a lot to her. Um, this was the audience's number two song. It ended up number three overall. So, yeah, no, I totally get it, and I have zero issue with it placing here. Um, you know, I, th- I think you get what I'm trying to say. If just, like, maybe it's I, not the no, song I return to the most. I thought I thought I so it. as well, because like, I don't really listen to the song on the reg. I really don't because I mean I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really want to like, <laughs> um, and the way that they sort of like they've kind of ruined this song for me honestly because it's an Adele uh, there's an Adele cover of this song that I'm more familiar with that seems so much more I mean we know Adele is like a heartbreak songstress right but like even Adele's version feels a little bit more like there is so much that I will do for you to prove to you that I am in love with you and that I would like you know what I mean but this. Mm-hmm really flips it on its head and it's like i would do anything for you to feel what i am feeling right now but you can't because you are gone like it's like damn why yeah so um yeah i uh yeah it's it's a tough one to place but i think placing it low i think just isn't the answer either so it has to be here Mm -hmm. yep Yep, 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 yep. All right, so there it is at number three. Let's get to the top two songs. Uh, We've got two songs left to go. If you're keeping track at home once we play song number two, you will know what is number one. Um, But we'll talk about it in order here and, uh, and give each song their time. So let's get to it. Without further ado, 106 Rachel Berry songs. The top two are about to be revealed. Here is song number two. And you're never coming round Turn around Every now and then 
Number two, total eclipse of the heart. Together we could take it to the end of the line. Your love is like a shadow of me all the time. I really need you tonight. Forever's gonna start tonight. Forever's gonna start to. Whoo, baby. Oh, man. I love it. <laughs> Once upon a time, there was light in my life. I mean, look, what does it say? I mean, not only, you know, we'll get to the number one song as well, but these top two songs being Rachel, you know, we talk about how her voice gets better with time, but these are songs from season one, episode 17. The next one's from episode 13. Like, and these are the ones that are the most memorable, the most iconic, the top rated Rachel Berry song. So, uh, you know, even if season one was her worst season as a character, um, if that's our opinion, uh, vocally, performance wise, by no means is it her worst season. It has got some stuff it's got some stuff and i i think that this is like around the time of the show of season one where the, the show was really begin beginning to come into its own and we were getting to understand what kind of show this was going to be and i think this is one of those performances one of those hallmark performances that where you can go back to the roots of glee and be like this is the shit that like popped it off you know what i mean and yeah uh i did not see it before but 
I guess I was in the eclipse, and the <laughs> eclipse is over for me. So yeah, this is one of those um, performances that I remember feeling like, okay, I'm watching this show every week. Right. I'm not missing an exactly. episode. Exactly, exactly. Oh, she sounds so good. Mm-hmm. Your love is like a shadow with me all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. <laughs> Incredible stuff there. Of course, Rachel is singing alongside Jesse and a little bit of Puck, a little bit of Finn uh, to uh, help her along with this performance. And just overall, it is incredible. Really, really good stuff there. So uh, that lands at number two overall. And let's get to uh, the number one song. I'm sure you know what it is by now. So let's hear it. Let's talk about it. Life's candy and the sun's a ball of butter Don't bring around a cloud to rain on my parade Don't tell me not to fly, I've simply got to If someone takes a spill, it's me and not you Who told you you're allowed to rain on my parade How much am I I didn't fake it, hat, sir. I guess I didn't make it, but whether on the rose of sheer perfection, a freckle on the nose of life's complexion, the cinder or the shiny apple of its eye. I gotta fly once, I gotta try once, only can die once, right, sir? Oh, life is juicy, juicy, and you see, I gotta have my bite, sir. Get ready for me, love, cause I'm a comer. I simply gotta march, my heart's a drama. Don't bring around a cloud to rain on my parade. I'm gonna live and live now. Get what I want, I know how. One roll for the whole shebang. One throw, that bell will go clang. I on the target and wham. One shot, one gunshot. Hey, Mr. Onstein, here I am. I'll march my band out. I'll beat my drum. And if I'm found out, your turn at that, sir. At least I didn't fake it, hat, sir. Guess I didn't make it. Get ready for me, love, cause I'm a comer. I simply gotta march my heart to drummer. No, nobody don't know. Nobody is gonna rain on my parade. Number one, Rachel Berry's song, Don't Rain on My Parade. Aman, is this number one? Well, okay, okay. I know you have a different number one. Is this an no, acceptable like, number one? It's it's not that. Like, I don't know how many like emotional breakthroughs I'm gonna have on this fucking podcast, <laughs> but I'm like I'm literally in tears right now only because Stop like crying. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just um I don't know, I guess you guys just you just caught me on a day today. It's just uh I mean I'm just sort of about to just reiterate everything I've already said about Rachel. I I, I just it this this 
to me feels just like oh my god like I have my purpose in life like I know exactly what it is that I want to do and no one can really take that from me like literally you cannot rain on my parade and Rachel like she the, they're flailing out at this point like they don't know what the hell they're going to do their set got stolen and then they were able to come together and she had this in her back pocket and it's just like such a symbolic thing about her and her character is like yes she's annoying yes she's she's grating but she knows what she's talking about she knows what she wants to do and like it just makes me it just reminds me of just like performing especially all the shots whether they shot this on stage really following her with that spotlight it's like very indicative of how this series plans out for her and then she makes it to the stage and she and she has the support of her friends that come out at the right moment at the very like end of the bridge of the song Mm -hmm. and then it's just total applause and it's like she knows that this is where she is meant to be and it just uh I, I I don't know. It, maybe this coincides with the fact that I just scored an audition to this play Ooh. that I really want really, really want to be a part of, and so it just really reminds me of just performing in theater and stage, and I love this performance. So I guess the answer was yes. This is a good, acceptable number one. Like I don't want to say yes because it's so on the nose, but yes, obviously, well, like, if it can make me yeah. if it can make me feel like this, then yes. Is it my favorite Rachel Berry solo? No, but is it Rachel's number one? Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of, I don't know, uh, the way that you just said that reminds me of the way I feel about like, is Don't Stop Believing the number one Glee song? Not for me, but for the overall structure of, of Glee as a product. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of feels like where this lands for me as well. Uh, of Don't Rain in My Parade is of course Rachel's Rachel's song. This is what, like, I, I feel like if you ask people on the street, oh, did you watch Glee? Oh, yeah, I haven't thought about it since the time it was on. Can you think of a song that Rachel sang? Oh, yeah, like, didn't she, like, sing Don't Rain to My Parade and she, like, killed it? Like, I feel like that's something super memorable. I mean, there's probably a million mm-hmm. options that people could go to, but this is definitely one that will stand out uh, and stand the test of time forever and ever and ever. And as much as I will always love Santana's cover, and I don't need to get into it now of me and... Often the way that I say that Santana's cover might be better for me, but that's just my personal preference because I like Santana more. I don't really know. Um, this is great. This is great. So number one, Rachel Berry song on the countdown is Don't Rain on My Parade. Let's cut over to the uh, combined list, which is getting very, very filled. We only have left uh, some Warblers, some New Directions, and of course some Santana Lopez to get on this list. So let's take a look here and see where is Rachel and her songs on this list of uh, combined, combined songs. All right, let's start at uh, around the 50 mark. Uh, We've got Rolling in the Deep at 55. Don't You Want Me uh, from Blaine and Rachel is actually at 53 uh, because Blaine had a super high score for that one. Take Me or Leave Me is at number 50. Uh, Faithfully is at 48. We have Give Your Heart a Break at 46. We have It's All Coming Back to Me Now is at number 36. Ooh, that feels so low, but whatever. Um, New York State of Mind is actually at number 33, which is uh, higher than it was on Rachel's list because it was so high on Marley's list. So there's that. Mm. Uh, I Feel Pretty and Pretty is at number 29. Um, Make You Feel My Love is at number 21 overall. We have Total Eclipse of the Heart. Looks like it is currently at number 18 overall. And all the way at number four is Don't Rain in My Parade. Of course. Of course. It skipped all the way up to four. <laughs> all the way up to four. 
this top top 15, the whole top 15 right now is just a whole mishmash of season one, two, and three. Uh, season four, the scientist is the closest thing to breaking into there at number 16 right now. Uh, but there is lots and lots of love for, uh, the first three seasons up at the top of this list. So, uh, we will continue to monitor it and get to, uh, talk more about the overall rankings once we, uh, kind of wrap up here, but it sits at number four in between, uh, rumor has it someone like you and cough syrup. Yeah. Um... I'm so interested to see what this is all going to pan out to be. I mean, I feel like we kind of get an idea already, but still, those New Direction songs can really shake some things up. Mm -hmm. And Santana, of course. So even though Santana is mostly a lot of already on this list because of all the duets and shit. But um, yeah, we'll see. Mm -hmm. We'll see what happens. Yep, 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 yep. All right, let's get out of here. We've, again, held these people and their attention long enough, I hope, uh, for talking about these many hours of Rachel Berry. Thank you all so much for coming on this long, long journey with us. Journey. I said journey. <laughs> we did it, guys. You made it through Rachel. You made it through all six parts of Rachel. You're to be highly commended. Thank you so much. You can follow us on Twitter and on TikTok at Pod. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Amon Adwin, Matt's at Matt Ligori. Make sure that you're leaving us star ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcast so that we know that you appreciate what we're doing. We know that already, but it's always <laughs> nice to hear anyway. I have and reviews. I have reviews. Yay! Uh, you have reviews. Since we, Yay. Uh, we don't record as often as we used to anyway, so every time I see these, I'm like, I hope I remember. I remembered. Um, we have a review from uh, one Kelly 14 awesome co-host. I love the choir room. Listening to these po- uh, podcast episodes always brings a smile to my face. My two favorite TV shows of all time are Glee and Big Brother, so I sometimes feel like Matt and Amon are speaking directly to me their humor and energy are so refreshing and then a review from uh heart face emoji star eye emoji uh hand the puya emoji um who said (laughs) who can't put five stars question mark question mark uh this podcast is so good i'm new for glee literally just started watching it but i love it my fave characters are quinn and santana and rachel but i hate will and emma because i only just finished season one i don't know other characters anyway love glee love you hate sue (laughs) love glee love you hate sue words to live by yes Uh, So thank you so much uh, to those two very kind reviewers and to everybody else again who has made it through six parts of Rachel Berry. We did it, guys, and uh, the best is yet to come for the choir room here. We've still got to go on our way to Santana Lopez to close out the characters. You, Santana Lopez, is right. Oh, Santana Lopez. Yes, I'm so excited for that. But thank you guys so much. Until next time, we will glee you later.